Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This week on Hometown Ghost Stories, Leap Castle has been around for centuries, and some of its ghosts may have been there for even longer. From a tragedy that befell two sisters, to the massacre of tribes, and some say there is even an elemental within the castle walls. The stories at Leap Castle are vast and tragic. Join us as we explore the history of one of Ireland's most haunted castles. This is episode number 60 of Hometown Ghost Stories, the spirits and elemental of Leap Castle, Ireland. Sean and his brother Ryan stared at the ruined castle. It had only been five years since it had been set ablaze, but the structure still looked imposing. They were warned not to go play here, but their curiosity had finally been more than they could handle. They set their bicycles down and headed towards the massive structure. The brothers had heard the stories of the hauntings, but they had never even entered their mind as they walked towards the castle. That would change shortly. As they explored the burnt-out ruins, they would role-play being knights and kings and have sword battles with sticks throughout. Quite frankly, this was some of the most fun the boys had ever had. In fact, they were having so much fun, they began to lose track of time. As they stood in one of the rooms and commanded an imaginary army to prepare for war, Ryan went and looked at the sky and saw the moon beginning to creep into view. Hey, Sean, we need to get going. Mom will skin us alive if we're not home for dinner, Ryan said to his brother. Sean took a look at the growing shadows on the ground and agreed. So they started walking through the castle towards where they left their bicycles. As they walked, a little girl ran through the room they were in frantically. Please help, my sister, she's going to get hurt, she wailed. The boys wasted no time and began to follow this girl outside of the castle. Right as they did, they saw a girl up high, on an edge, and before they were able to call out, she began to fall. The other little girl let out a scream, and the boys rushed to try to catch the falling girl. But as they looked up, she disappeared into the air. Sean and Ryan looked at each other, both mouths agape. Then they looked back towards the other little girl. Yet, no one was there. They decided they needed to leave this place and started running back through the castle the way they were originally going. After a few minutes, they were entering rooms they were unfamiliar with and now couldn't find a way out. I told you we should have just walked the outside, Ryan yelled at his brother. Cutting through was the fastest way, Sean snapped back. Well, where the hell are we then? Ryan said as he pushed Sean. Before things could escalate anymore, Ryan looked at his brother and said, Do you smell that? Yeah, what the hell is it? The smell was putrid. 
A mixture of rotting flesh and food permeated throughout the air, and it was getting stronger. The boys looked around but saw nothing. A few moments later, they heard something shuffling towards them. A shadow overtook one of the doorways of the room. Panic set in, but there was no other way to go. As the boys looked towards the doorway, an outline of a person entered the room. As it passed by a window slit, what remained of the sun shined directly on it, and they saw the ghostly figure of a man's transparent rotting corpse heading right towards them. I'm Rob Coakley, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories. Leap Castle, County Offaly, Ireland. Leap Castle was constructed sometime around the year 1250 and was originally ruled by the O'Bannon clan. In fact, the original name of the castle was Leap of the O'Bannons, based off a historical story associated with the clan. Two O'Bannon brothers were challenging for leadership of the group, and they came up with a deadly challenge to determine who would lead. They would climb up the rocky outcrop of the castle together, followed by both leaping down. The way to win this challenge? Simply be the survivor. Either way, the O'Bannons weren't even the true rulers, as the clan were secondary chieftains of the O'Carroll clan, who would rule the castle for hundreds of years. During this time frame filled with fighting off seizing attempts and tragedies, they would eventually lose power of the castle in 1649. This is when the castle would be handed over to Jonathan Darby, who received it for his accomplishments in the Battles of Ireland. However, there is a conflicting report that he actually received it by way of marriage via one of the daughters of the O'Carroll clan. The castle would stay in his family for generations. In 1922, the castle would be set on fire during the Irish Civil War, as it was looked at as a symbol of loyalism to England. The castle would sit in ruin until 1974 when it was purchased by Peter Bartlett, an Australian who was actually a descendant of the O'Bannon clan. He would spend the next 15 years working on restoring the castle until his death in 1989. It is now owned by Sean and Anne Ryan who have also gone to great lengths to restore the historic castle and even offer tours of the building. With such a long and rich history, there is also tales of tragedy and horror attached to the castle. Two of the more tragic spirits haunting the castle are those of Emily and Charlotte. It's believed that these sisters lived in the castle during the 1600s. One day, while playing near the castle walls, Emily slipped and fell to her death. Since the death of both, they have been seen playing throughout the castle. Charlotte has come to alert people on the grounds while dragging a deformed leg behind her that her sister needs help. As the people go out with the frantic girl, they see Emily falling off the side of the castle, but disappearing before she ever hits the ground. Two spirits that often appear, and sometimes with Charlotte and Emily, are that of the governess and the old man. The governess, also referred to as Nanny, will appear with the little girls, but has also appeared on her own. A couple at lunch one day saw a lady near the fire in the main hall, dressed completely in Victorian-era clothing. As they stared, 
the woman looked back proudly, and just as soon as she appeared, she was gone. The couple were previously arguing about ghosts in the castle being real. The man said that he stopped arguing after this incident. Also by the fire in the old hall, a spirit of an old man has shown himself. The description for him is much more in-depth than that of a normal spirit. It's said that he's usually wearing a green cutaway coat, knee breeches, shoe buckles, and holding a leather bag in his hand. The old man will try to stop people as they're walking by to have a conversation, but soon vanish once the people look away. There is a room that had sinister accounts before the fire destroyed the castle. The murder hole room, also referred to as the muckle hole room, lies somewhere within the walls. No one is sure which room it is, but it's been narrowed down to two possible rooms, one on the north wing and one on the south. One room is blue and the other is red. The most accurate description of the hauntings comes from Mildred Darby, who lived in the castle, which I'll read now. I put my hand out of bed, snapping my fingers to call my dog. My hand was suddenly in the grasp of another hand, a soft, cool hand, and at a temperature perceptibly below my own flesh. To say I was astonished would mildly convey my feelings. After a few seconds of steady pressure, the other hand let go, and almost simultaneously, I heard a sliding fall, like the collapse of a large body at the foot of the bed. Then, in the absolute stillness of the room, there sounded a deep human groan, and some half-articulated words, or to be accurate, prayers. People have complained before, in fact. We don't generally put anyone in there now. The room is called the Muckle or Murder Hole Room, and the story goes that the stain on the floor is the blood of a man stabbed there by his brother. Two O'Carrolls quarreled over the ownership of the castle. The room had been disused for 50 years or more when we did it up. The stain has been planed off the board several times, but it always comes again, creeps up from below in a few hours. This quarrel leads us into our next haunting. The Bloody Chapel is considered the most haunted location in the castle. The location is said to be haunted by many spirits, but there is one story that sticks out more than the rest. In 1532, Mulrooney O'Carroll would die and control of the castle would be up in the air. This would lead to fighting between brothers and eventually murder. One of the brothers was a priest. The priest would begin mass one day before the arrival of his brother to the church, which was taken as a gigantic insult. Enraged, the other brother would storm up to the priest, pull out his sword, and slaughter him in front of the entire church. Ever since then, the priest has been seen on multiple occasions roaming throughout the bloody chapel. He's also been seen on multiple stairways and exiting the chapel via the west door. What's unclear is if he's responsible for some of the other paranormal activity that occurs within the bloody chapel. People have seen a bright shining light pouring out of the upper windows of the chapel at night. Guests staying have seen it, and even people just passing by have called the owners to let them know about it. There is nothing within the rooms that could be causing this light to occur, though. Also in the upper hall, some guests have smelt rubber as they walk through the area. Within the chapel sits one of the more terrifying rooms of the castle. 
the oubliette. Oubliettes were originally used to store valuables or hide in during an attack on a location. The one at this castle was used for far more sinister purposes. The O'Carrolls used it as a makeshift dungeon during their time in control of the castle. The way in is a narrow hole with a trapdoor covering it. They would fling the dead and dying bodies of their enemies into this space. Once thrown in, the prisoners were completely left alone and forgotten about. A pair of stories show just how brutal the O'Carrolls could be. The clan was known to hire mercenaries to help win battles from time to time. They hired the O'Neill clan who helped them win a significant victory. Afterwards, the O'Neills were invited back to the castle for a feast. What they didn't know was that the feast was poisoned. As the clan could barely move, the O'Carrolls cut their throats and then tossed their bodies into the makeshift dungeon. This would happen again with the McMahon clan, who were also murdered in their sleep and tossed into the room. After the Darbys took over the castle, they cleaned out the dungeon, and it is believed that a minimum of three cartloads of skeletons were removed from the room. Some say this is what awoke some of the spirits of the castle, including the Elemental, which we'll get to shortly. Sean Ryan, the current owner, has seen the spirit of a man walk from the bloody chapel and disappear into the Oubliette on multiple occasions. The priest's house, which stood on the grounds, was one of the more haunted locations before the fire. There were multiple reports of the spirit of a man who dressed like a monk that would appear. Another spirit of a man dressed like a peasant is said to appear pushing a heavy barrel up the staircase. Just as he reaches the top of the stairs, he loses control of the barrel, which begins to roll back down the stairs, and then disappears. The creepiest was the spirit that would get into bed with you, though. Multiple guests reported to Mildred Darby while staying in the rooms of a presence laying in bed with them, pressing a great weight against them. When they would look, there would be no one there. The Red Lady is another ghost that haunts the castle throughout. A tall woman in a red dress carrying a knife has been seen repeatedly. It is believed she was kidnapped by an O'Carroll and he forced himself on her. Keeping her hostage afterwards, she became pregnant. Nine months later, the baby was born and the clan killed the child, claiming they couldn't afford to feed it. Distraught, she grabbed the blade used to kill her child and took her own life. Although seen throughout the castle, her presence is mostly seen and felt in the blue room, which at one time was the nursery. Finally, this brings us to possibly the most dangerous of all the spirits that call the castle home, the Elemental. There have been mentions in text of a troublesome spirit since almost the beginning of the castle, and many believe this to be the Elemental. The reason it's there is unknown, but there are several theories. It is known the castle was built on sacred ground of old ruins, and some believe this is the reason the Elemental resides at the castle now. One of the local myths is that one of the O'Carrolls died in the castle from leprosy, and it's the spirit of this particular person. Another one of the myths is that Gerald Fitzgerald, the Earl of Kildare, once attacked the castle, and he was a known magic user. Some say that during his attack, he placed a spell on the castle to burn it from within. The final theory ties directly to Mildred Darby, who is known to participate in occult activities. 
Some believe she may have accidentally released it shortly after removing upwards of 150 bodies from the oubliette. The elemental is said to not appear unless severely provoked, and the current owners haven't seen it. There are multiple reports written on the appearance of the elemental, though. This one is from Mildred Darby herself. Suddenly, two hands were laid on my shoulders. I turned round sharply and saw, as clearly as I see you now, a gray thing standing a couple feet from me, with its bent arms raised as if it were cursing me. I cannot describe in words how utterly awful the thing was. Its very undefinableness, rendering the horrible shadow more gruesome. Human in shape, a little shorter than I am, I could just make out the shape of big black holes, like great eyes and sharp features. But the whole figurehead, face, hands and all, was gray and clean, bluish gray, something of the color and appearance of common cotton wool. But oh, so sinister, repulsive, and devilish. My friends who are clever about the occult thing say it is what they call an elemental. Hometown Ghost Stories, episode number 60. We made it to 60 episodes, folks. I'm Jesse Wilkins. I'm joined by Rob Coakley. Hello, Rob. So I've made reservations for one, for Dave, and my newly constructed Obliette. Will you be attending? Well, I have to. It would be yeah. rude not to. It would. Only if you pronounce it the same way that you pronounced in the episode, which was Obliette. I was dying. I was I, dying doing this episode. I was editing the audio, and that came up, and I was cry laughing in my chair. I don't. I don't know what it is. It's just the way you said it. It just cracked me. Obliette. I'm like, oh, that is an obliette. I was immediately terrified of it. I even like looked up oh, pronunciations man. for this word, and I'm sitting here like dying of whatever it was that I had. I was like, obliette. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Anyways, uh, welcome in. Uh, what's up to everyone who's hanging out in live chat? So it says the tiles look so good. Thank you. I worked on these for way too long, so this is a Christmas present from the wife. So shout out to my wife for getting me that early Christmas present. And uh, this is the new look. This is the new look, and we have this new desk that Dave has been working on for two years. <laughs> That's here. A little look at the studio, you know. So it's a brand new look over here. It's coming together nicely. So, um, you, you didn't introduce Dave, by the way. Hi, Dave. Hey, what's up? Long My introduction always gets overshadowed by Rob's uh, hilarious intros. <laughs> They're always just so funny every <laughs> single time. Wow. Um, yes. So, welcome to everyone who's hanging I, out. Hey, Jesse, uh, I've also made reservations for you <laughs> for my oubliette. Just now. For, for your what? Just now. For, for your my oubliette. Oubliette. <laughs> All right, so uh, you're safe, by the way. I'm not going to speak in an Irish accent. I suffer from the same syndrome that Paul Rudd had in, um, what was that movie? I Love You, Man. 
where every time he tries to do an Irish accent, he sounds Jamaican. So I'm not even going to bother because every time I try to do an Irish accent, somehow it comes out Jamaican. So, Rob, I just sent a private message to, uh, I would like you, there's four words I'd like you to read out loud if you could. No. Just do it, please. I don't, what is it? I'm not just, doing that. Just look at it. Just, just, I'm just looking it. at it. I'm not doing just it. Do this it. Is, I don't trust you. Just, just do it. Have, it's it's fun. It's it. It's, you haven't established trust with me. There's what there's nothing there's nothing that it could just you're looking at them. They're four innocent words. Just read them out loud right. and I'll explain after. Well, that's, that's the first word. word. Just you gotta read them together. <laughs> Oil as, 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 as a sentence. Beef is the third, and hooked you're, is the you're fourth. The worst. You are the worst. All together it says, Well, oil be fucked. Well, oil be fucked. <laughs> That's how you speak with an Irish yep. accent. <clears throat> but Rob is a fun sponge and wanted nothing to do with that. So, yeah. 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 Uh, Brennan says, I feel cheated. Yep. I agree with that. Can we get a Jamaican accent? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'll definitely do my best. There's no way I'm going to go this episode without, uh, without doing this. Yeah. So, little quick fun story for this episode. I, uh, I pivoted off of what I was going to do, which was a place in Wyoming, because I just couldn't find enough about the story in time that I was looking for. So I started looking into this and I looked into all the ghosts of the place first before I like started to get deep into the history. And before I got deep into the history and the current owners, I wrote that opening story. And I don't know if you guys remember, the brothers are named Sean and Ryan. And then I started putting together the story, not even thinking about that wrote the whole story and I started recording the audio. I didn't even realized that the new owner's name is Sean Ryan. So that is not on purpose. I didn't do that on purpose. I just randomly picked the names Sean and Ryan. And uh, then, and then the owner's name is Sean Ryan. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, what was the name at the end of it? I meant to bring it up and it was like the same name twice. It was a, whoever named their kid was a dickhead and they just, Oh, Gerald Fitzgerald. <laughs> Like if your last name is Fitzgerald, don't name your kid Gerald. It's very redundant. But yeah, it's me, Fitzgerald, Gerald, Gerald Fitzgerald. Of the Fitzgerald <laughs> but you're not going to forget it, right? I mean, not that forgetting your kids' names is much of a problem. Although with Dave's, Dave, Dave has twins, and they look like identical twins, and I still can't tell them apart. So no, I guess, uh, I guess that's not that uncommon. Anyways, so this is our first time in Ireland. Yes. Right. So we this is the first Ireland episode. Uh, me and Dave have been to Ireland. We went to a few castles out there. I don't think this was one of them. Definitely not. Right. But the castles there are, are they're so cool. And there's so many of them. There's so many of them that like, not that they don't upkeep certain ones and, and have them, you know, uh, well staffed and there's security and everything. And, you know, certain times that you can visit them and everything. But some of them, they just don't. Some of them, like we're just driving by them. We're like, oh, what's that castle? And he's and you know the guy that we're standing there with is like oh I don't know it's just there it's like wait that's like that's a castle that's ruins like how old is that it's like oh you know a couple hundred years or whatever yeah it's like, like twelve no they're like twelfth century some of them and they just these castles would just deteriorate over time and they'd be left as ancient ruins and they wouldn't they would still preserve them because it's still very historic you know this is stuff from like the eleventh twelfth thirteenth century so it's it is really cool to see and just yeah insane but I'm saying I'm being from that some of them you just drive by and they're just on the side of the road. Like it's just a, a yeah. regular old abandoned house, but it's a castle. And so some of these are not 
Like there's no security there. You can just go hang out and go check it out. It's just weird to see because in America, it's like anything that's over 100 years is like ancient history. You're like, oh, my goodness, we must preserve this with an entire SWAT team. Like it's uh, but but out there, there's just so much of it. Also, a lot of cows, people who haven't been to Ireland and people who were like, oh, was there a ton of sheep? Like, yeah, there were a lot of sheep. But I got to tell you, there was a lot more cows than I expected. There was cows everywhere. Lots of cows. I don't think you guys want to come to Ireland with me when I eventually go. Why? I, I have a blood feud to settle in Ireland. In Ireland? Yeah, in Ireland. You must so, tell, tell us more. So there's another Rob Coakley, a doppelganger, oh if you will. <laughs> and he has. And whatever websites I haven't scooped up the name, like Rob Coakley, this Rob he, Coakley. I, I do want to know before we agree to defend you in this duel, is he better looking than you? And does he, uh, is he better at telling ghost stories? Cause if so, then. No, but he's you. a photographer. So he might get you some better like visual uh, aids. He's not just going to steal um, all his content off YouTube. <laughs> 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 I gotta so, say, you're already, you're already losing this battle, Rob. <laughs> so I've already have let him know throughout the last 10 years. Periodically I check in with him and let him know. That one day I'm coming to Ireland and we will we will settle this in a fight to the death <laughs> until he gives me all of the Rob Coakley names. On. If he was here oh. instead of you right now, he would give us an Irish accent without question. Ricardo well, asked, yeah. Can, can he control a drone? <laughs> <laughs> I can control a drone. Sure you can. I can. So here's the thing. We, we've discovered that we don't need to get into another drone talk. We did this last week and I'm pretty sure it was very, very dull. A couple weeks ago. But it is. How are you getting away from my blood feud already? Like I have a blood feud. Important. Yeah. It, and it's Rob Coakley versus Rob Coakley. <laughs> that is the best blood feud. <laughs> I do like that you reach out to him every couple of years just to remind him. <laughs> well, you you guys know I have these running bits, where, especially on like um, the Instagram one that I reach out yeah, to yeah, yeah. every three years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you not remember that one, Jesse? Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great one, too. You're not one to let a grudge go. Like, uh, I think it was your own brother that you were going to fight in a ring of fire. And I think that feud is still going on to this day. So it could happen. Ian yeah. Burkhart said, uh, just droning on. Yeah. Was, I was, I was going to make that pun, but I was like, I better not. They're going to give me shit. <laughs> um, I thought so, there would be more drone footage of this castle. It was very limited. I was very disappointed in Ireland. And the other Rob Coakley, who should have a drone and should have flown it. This is why I'm the better Rob Coakley. You're a photographer, and you you live in Ireland, and you don't have a drone that you and flew you, you over. You don't even make your cameras yeah. fly. Like, come on now. What are we doing, fake Rob <laughs> quick Coakley? Shout quick shout out to Captain McSlugs for the one dollar ninety nine cents in super chat. Thank you so much. You're supposed to write words on that. Or his comment is just one dollar ninety nine cents. But I'm pretty sure that that message is a different color because he actually donated us money. He will not stop giving us money. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rachel says that there are castles and cows. That's Nightbot. Uh, castles and cows. That's pretty much what I saw in Ireland. Um, very green. Very green. A shocker. But it's, remember uh, when that that herd of cows just followed us back to our this hotel there. This does we not sound scary, but this is actually the scariest story that we've ever told on this podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> it really Dave, is. Me and Dave, we we hop over. There's like a big wall behind the house that we were staying at. 
and we <laughs> thank you papa squatch for the fake two dollars in super chat that is that is the same color as a regular color <laughs> but he's still one up to you andrew so uh don't be don't ever be one up anyways um so quick quick story this is actually the most terrifying thing i've ever experienced in my life uh so the house that we're staying at we hopped over a fence and uh, it's not a fence though it's like a, a probably about a 10 foot cement wall that they have in their backyard. And now I know why. So we start walking through this field and like, Oh, there's cows up there because of course there's cows everywhere. So we walk through the first pasture and then we're getting closer to the cows. We walk up to the second one and we're like, we should go pet a cow. We're just dumb teenagers. We just, I don't know. We're just going to go pet a cow. So we're like, all right, let's see. So we start getting closer and then like, it starts aggressively moving towards us. We're like, Oh wait, this is an aggressive cow. I didn't know that was a thing. And then uh, all the cows I'm talking like, like maybe 20 of them in that field, they started moving towards us. And then like a thousand other cows from all the other pastures also started moving towards us. That's an exaggeration, but maybe a hundred cows total. And there was, all- was easily 75 at least. And we were, they, they congregated and they're following us. We weren't running because we were yes. just, we were nervous. We were just like steadily walking back towards the house we were staying at. And they just followed us the whole way. But then and then at running. one point, yeah, the bulls started like bucking heads with each other and like, we were like, Oh my God, we got to get out of here. And we just, we were so nervous, but they followed us literally all the way back. And our parents are like, what, where did you, we were running to get 75 cows. (laughs) We hopped over this, like, like we scaled this wall, like we're being chased by murderers. And, and it was, it was literally the most horrifying thing I've ever experienced in my life. I'm enjoying all of these comments. Papa Squatch (laughs) is moving towards you. Uh, (laughs) Heard of murder cows. Traumatic cow experience, herder cows. <laughs> uh, so it also sounds like you two have a blood feud to settle when we go back to Ireland. Absolutely we, not. We could probably just schedule this all for a one thing. It's me versus it's Rob Coakley just, versus Rob Coakley and Dave and Jesse versus a hundred cows. A hundred cows. Would you Dave, rather how- fight? Would you rather fight one doppelganger the size of a cow? <laughs> Um, Dave, how would you use your MMA training to strategically take down a herd of cows? <laughs> uh, we'd run away and, and scale it. Yeah, I think that, just, was, that was <laughs> what his training kicked in and uh, helped us out there. So, anyways, let's talk about some uh, some some actual ghosts because we survived that story. So, no ghosts in that cow situation. There's so many ghosts to talk about in this place. There are lots. Um, I, I was reading and it's just like it just kept going and going and going and there's like. There's reports from even before the castle was built that they think that there was stuff here because it was like an old ritual site that they built this castle on. So they think that there may be spirits here from even before, you know, the the date of which this castle was built is disputed sometime between the 12 and 1500s. Um, so that's what we're dealing with on that aspect. But yeah, it's crazy how old this castle is and that there could be spirits like lingering here from long before. The fa- When I heard that, because I was doing some research into it, when they were like, they believe that there could be ghosts from even before the castle was built. And it's just too much for me to process because the castle has been there for so long. It's just like, that's that's too much. I don't want to touch on Andrew's comment before we get too far away because Captain McSlug says that they may have been practicing Muay Thai. That's pretty good. Like how Brennan mm. says, imagine a herd of robs chasing you. <laughs> hey, it's quite possible that all of those cows could have been Rob, could have been named Rob. Named Rob. Sorry, that joke failed terribly. Uh, terrifying. <laughs> and then uh, 
Yes. Uh, Captain McSlug says maybe it was Native American burial ground. I find that <laughs> highly unlikely. That one, that one does not, that does not count for your bingo cards. I know what you're doing. Zero percent chance that this cast was built on Native American burial ground for obvious reasons. We don't make the rules. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like burial sites, that there are rules. Fair. So yeah, there is a potential. And so jumping into probably the ghost we should end with, but because we're talking about how old this place is, we went through all the theories of why there might be an elemental spirit here. And mine feels like, like my theory is how do we know the elemental spirit hasn't just been here since before the castle was built? Like that's part of what this ritual place was. And that's why there's an elemental here. Right. And I think it might be something demonic. If it, if it were up to me to make a decision on it, I would say this was more more likely formed out of the tragic events that took place, like the mass murders and the executions and all that kind of intense murderous activity that took place. A lot of times that's when you can get something that's uh, a little bit more demonic that can spawn. So, Dave, uh, it's elemental, but others say it's demonic. Can those two worlds collide or are we going with the we don't make the rules on this one? Uh, I have heard them referenced um, interchangeably. Whether so, I've heard it. I've heard elementals referred to as poltergeists and spirits, and I've heard them associated with demonic, um, like at the Sally House. Right. You've also had like poltergeist and demonic crossroads as well, where mm-hmm. either the hauntings are similar or the two could be the same thing at the same time. And it's a little confusing, but I, I think it's kind of who are you talking to? What evidence is being collected? And certain people are going to say it's one thing, and some people may take a, a look at it from a different perspective and say it could be something else. So, right, and you don't like a demon is, is typically like a religious term, but you don't know if it's um, just a religious term for an evil spirit, which could also be a poltergeist. It just depends. I feel like so many of these things overlap in different ways, just depending on different cultures, different religions, different perspectives, and different experiences. Yeah. And the other thing that's interesting about elementals is this is another one of those spirits that like crosses cultures. So there are variations of elementals amongst many different cultures. We were just talking about, I was just going to say, we were just talking about the Native American burial ground and we were like joking about it, but they had elemental spirits. So we're seeing them in Europe as well. And I think there's even some Asian cultures that had variations of elemental spirits as well. And I wouldn't be shocked if you saw them down in like South America. So like elemental spirits are one of those things. It's like, well, we're seeing it amongst a bunch of different groups of people that did not interact with each other. Right. Like they did not cross. So what was the significance of these spirits? And we're, you know, when you can get those like controlled groups saying the same thing, that makes you believe a little bit more. I agree with that. What is the evidence coming from this castle that is something elemental? Which element is it? So that was the one thing I had trouble finding is what type of element that it was using, right? Like, is this a fire elemental? Is this a water elemental? And they didn't really specify on any of the things. Did anyone else find anything when you were looking at stuff? No, that's why I asked you. So what I found was just that basically Mildred Darby, who was one of the owners in the... I believe she was there in the 1800s. She had friends of the occult that would come 
and she would describe it or they would see it and they were just referencing it as this is an elemental spirit and maybe it just never showed exactly what it was capable of doing that i don't know we we say all the time that we don't make the rules but that just doesn't make sense to me because the one distinct the one distinction that makes a spirit an elemental spirit is the association with one of the four elements right or five mm-hmm. if you count fire so if you don't have any evidence of that how are you classifying this as an elemental spirit just i don't get it i mean it could have just been i mean there's various descriptions on it they're saying that it could have been derived from earth air or fire that ne- doesn't necessarily mean it's going to light stuff on fire um but it goes back to the bible i mean they've had different uh different instances with it so i i mean I guess we'll just lean on the side of we don't make the rules. And and we also might be seeing a misinterpretation of what people call different types of spirits back in time or something. And we're just like elemental meant something different to them than the way that we perceive it. Right. Like that could could have been something lost in translation over the centuries. One of them is earth. So, I mean, um, a few of uh, Anna brings it up just earth. I mean, so I don't know. I guess we don't have a good answer for this one. Earth Earth would make sense to me based on the fact that this was an ancient ritual site and they used this earth for that ritual. Right, Papa's said earlier that they're periodic ghosts, so elemental. Yeah. I guess we might be that overthinking was, it. That was an element, um, elemental table, periodic table joke. You know, I didn't pull his comment at first because I'm like, it's probably a joke and I'm probably not getting it. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> So apparently we'll just stick with this one for a while um, for a few more seconds. Anyways, this is the one that people seem to be scared of the most of all of them, because this one doesn't show itself unless you basically taunt it there. There hasn't been appearances by this thing unless people go in there and physically like poke and prod to the point that like Sean Ryan, the owner, has never seen this one. He's never had any contact with this one. Because he's not sitting there like screaming at the ghost, right? He, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty where he lives. Widely accepted that provoking is uh, not a great idea when doing paranormal investigations. So right, and and he lives there, and like so, he's heard stories of other people experiencing it, and you know we have written documentation of people experiencing it way before we were alive or anyone on the earth right now was alive, but it doesn't seem to show itself quite as frequently as the other ones. What is, have, have we figured out what's dangerous about it? Cause I mean, I hear they're saying that like, this is the worst spirit inside the place. This is, could be demonic. What do we have on this thing? Basically we just have a description of what it looks like from a couple different sources for, uh, Mildred Darby herself and a couple people around the time that she lived and beyond that talk about like what it looks like and they just talk about like its appearance and how it looks like every I mean when it's, when you read the description I read it at the end of the episode it sounds like a demonic presence right but that's just what it sounds like it's like a black eyes it's partially like animal like and it, it has like a sinister presence whenever it's around you. That does sound like something that uh, 
I would be a little bit more concerned with because there's a lot of ghosts at this place, a lot of ghost stories that you went over there. Um, it's a heavy hitter. I mean, it was covered on, I think, like scariest places on earth. I believe Ghost, uh, ghost Adventures went there as well as a couple other um, YouTubers and stuff. So there's definitely something there. There's definitely been, um, it's definitely well known. It's widely regarded as the most haunted castle in Ireland and one of the most haunted locations in all of Ireland. So something to, uh, to keep note of. And speaking of Ghost Adventures, a lot of people mentioning Zach Baggins, who is definitely more provocational when doing his ghost investigations earlier on he doesn't do it so much anymore he seems to have uh, kind of adjusted his ways but i couldn't find that episode i tried to find it today did you guys watch the ghost adventures episode when they went there no, no? yeah i tried to find it it was every time i google one of these episodes it's always wrong like which season which episode but it is what it is um and bill oh, Baggins. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely no bill will there <laughs> but if you're you're in the chat tell us like what you think this elemental spirit is and if you're listening on the podcast shoot us an email if you have any more theories or revelations on it before we start jumping into some of these other ghosts i think we should jump into the sisters yes yeah, so obviously a sad story it's um set on a few different levels because you have the one sister who's playing and falls off the castle but the other sister, when she, the other sister appears, she's dragging her leg. She's not like she's not just a regular spirit, like in terms of like walking around. It looks like she has some sort of affliction, which I thought was interesting because you don't hear about that too, too often with ghosts where they have like these uh, real world afflictions going on with, with their spirit. Might be something to be careful of. So we've, we've talked about something demonic potentially being here. Um they also link that with uh, potentially being a sign of the devil is the clubbed foot and kind of dragging one leg. Something to think about. I don't think that the two have anything to do with each other, but um, it's interesting that in the same castle, you have two of the same things. We've talked about it before on the show, child ghost, mark it off your bingo card. Uh, child ghost sometimes taking the, or some sort of spirit possibly taking the appearance of a child to let your guard down could be something mixed in with this whole demonic presence that they have there. Yeah, and it's almost like a whole group of them as well because some the sisters appear together and then you have the lady Nan that is sometimes outside with them. She's sometimes doing her own thing. And then you have the old man, which the old man stood out to me because of how descriptive people are and what he's wearing and stuff like that. It's like a green jacket, very specific pants, like buckled shoes like they give you like this hard description of the colors and everything he's wearing to a t right there seems to be like in this castle in particular there seems to be a lot of sightings of of people in specific clothing they have very uh specific descriptions of these ghosts which definitely makes it very unique and it hmm. seems to be full-bodied apparitions where they think they're talking to an actual person and then sure enough that person ends up disappearing and it turns out it was some sort of a ghost. And there are several here. And there was, um, there was, I believe there's a woman in red at this castle. So there is. Uh, so we'll get into that red woman. Yeah. So we can jump into that one if you want. So her story is that they believe she was taken by one of the O'Carroll clan, which we haven't even gotten into. Like they were just seemed like they were bad people. They controlled this castle for a real long time. And basically this woman was kidnapped, taken, whatever word you want, forced to be with one of these men 
and then she gets pregnant and the the weird part of this is she gets pregnant they let her have the baby and then they kill the baby immediately with a knife and they're like sorry couldn't feed it and you're like yeah it's like well it's definitely not going to survive now yeah <laughs> like couldn't feed it did you like, try yeah, yeah what I are we know. doing here so <laughs> she gets distraught and she um takes her own life the thing is like I'm going to look it up real quick, but there is another spirit that I did not, um, that I didn't cover specifically because it really felt like almost the same story. And I'm like, are they just seeing the same person? So there's the red lady and there's the murdered woman. And the murdered woman is a woman has been seen and heard since the time of the Darby's residence. She's believed to be murdered by an O'Carroll. Um, and then there's a woman with very few clothes and a red cloth over her face. She screams loudly twice and disappears. And it's like, why can't this just, is this the same spirit? Um, Either way, because it's horrifying. Yeah, it's, it it's, ter- it's terrifying, but doesn't that sound a lot like the other story? It does, it does. sound similar. So I wonder if that's either the same ghost doing different things or different interpretations of the same story. Also, it could have happened more than once. Like we said, this this clan was not good people. I would guarantee that if they did it one time, they didn't just do it one time, right? Yeah, so this zero, be... zero chance I want to go to any of their dinner parties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. everything sounds awful. It's like everyone who owned this castle is like, and then when their entire family was murdered, the next family took it over. <laughs> then their entire family was murdered, and then it burnt yeah. down. And then their entire, it's like, dude, don't don't buy this castle. You're, yeah. You are doomed. Do not do it. Not going to end well for you. You're going to end up getting red weddings. It's not good. Yeah, it sounds like don't. their castle definitely is just full of banshees. You know, Ireland being the place where banshees originated, mm-hmm. and that both those ghosts fit that description of that type of ghost perfectly. Basically, a woman who um, died and was wronged in one way or another, and then haunts and screams. Yeah. Um, and also definitely don't be one of the clans they hire to join their war because they're just going to take you out right afterwards. Like you said, at the dinner party. Like, right. What? Dave, to go back wild. to what you said, I think that is uh, very valid. I mean, obviously, we had covered the Banshees in our history of ghosts side content and we did. went deep into that. And obviously, you know, we just said it or originates from Ireland. You, We have screaming female ghosts in this castle could very well be a banshee. And I mean, hell, if, if this thing was around during the time when all these armies and families were getting slaughtered, who's to say that they didn't get that sign of death from the banshee, you know, that yeah. is dwelling within this castle. It could absolutely tie together. Rachel is a cursed castle. I think it's uh, absolutely possible. Just stopping in. I have to rewatch the show. Welcome in Derek. And uh, thanks for swinging by and enjoy. We appreciate you being here. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's a couple different tales of that, and I think what we need to get into next, basically, is the bloody chapel. That is potentially the most haunted place in the entire castle. Um, I think when they decided to name it the bloody chapel, that was really dooming it from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's probably what they started with. For sure. Imagine, first. imagine if there's like a, just a church down the street that just named themselves that, and they're like, oh. Or it's just the Irish people. That's how they talk. Go to Bloody Chapel. There Can't it is. Do it. Can't no, do it. It's not no, British. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, go to Bloody Chapel. <laughs> it's British. 
There was no hands that time, though. That's probably why he couldn't get it. They're not Italian, yeah. the Irish British folks. I mean, you do it with every accent you do, anyways. You just you find a way to throw the hand up. Hey, I'm 25% Italian. This is how we talk, right? Good. 25% of the time, every time. Yeah, really, really selling it for me. <laughs> Rachel asked a, a good question. Actually, I pulled this one up. She said, uh, "Could it be that the elemental or the demon could be affecting what's going on inside the castle?" Um, I would I would lean towards yes, but honestly, like this is just how it was back in the day in Ireland. <laughs> like this is probably not uncommon at all, and this is probably not uh, exclusive to this castle whatsoever. But I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, I, I think people can be driven to do terrible things if there's any uh, any just sort negative, of negative energy. Around, yeah, for sure. I think absolutely, especially if it's a demon. You hear that all the time with this, these stories that involve demons and and demonic hauntings. Is that there's just a constant cycle of chaos and evil and just negativity overall. So good point. So within the bloody chapel, we see another story of brother. You open up the castle with two brothers that are vying for leadership of the castle, and their decision is like, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna go climb up the side of the wall all the way to the top and then we're going to jump and after we jump we're going to see who lives in the this, your, this is your Irish accent and who lives is the ruler. They're, they're Irish but they're from Christopher Walken yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're from New York <laughs> I'm walking yeah. here I'm Christopher Walken here <laughs> So I'm just going to say when Rob finally does go over to Ireland and he loses his duel to the Supreme uh, Rob Coakley. And this is basically what's going to happen between me and Dave when we're fighting for ownership over hometown ghost stories. And we're going to have to. (laughs) We don't have to fight over ownership of hometown ghost stories. I own hometown ghost stories. stories. Uh, Wait, how how did the story go? So what they both climbed and just jumped and what they would they both die? That's no duel. They just said the one that lived won. Like (laughs) awful. (laughs) <laughs> I would still do that. I wonder how many times they're like, uh, uh. <laughs> I know that's oh, what I, I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, I'm reading the story. Like, like, were they like, was, was there a whole, like who goes first? Are they trying to jump at the same time? It had like, to have been at the same time. Right. Yeah. You would think so because I'd be like, Oh, I'm definitely going second on this one. Like there's no way I'm going first. So, uh, yeah. So we have that story of brothers. Then you get to the bloody chapel and this, story like repeats itself in the fact that like now two more brothers are trying to take ownership of the castle one's the priest one's just a regular i don't know guy walking around with a sword apparently and the priest starts mass before his brother gets there which was like this gigantic insult it'd be like if you know you're really you're really generalizing non-priests to think that and for everyone at that time who wasn't priest. There's like probably. three jobs. There's like three <laughs> jobs there. It's like you you are a priest. You're a priest, you, you're a peasant, or you're royalty. That's or you, it. Yeah, or you carry a sword. I don't know. Like what it's not like they were going on monster or like indeed and like yeah. my skills are I carry this sword around all day. And uh, according that's to, about according it. According to every movie, that is actually accurate. Everyone has a sword. <laughs> yeah. So so he pisses his brother off by starting mass early and he just goes up and he stabs him in front of everybody. Just because why not? So, you can so do then they that, both then. survive the jump then. What? Wait, is this, are we, are we talking about this different is story? a did, different, did they do the jump? This is a different set of brothers. That's what I oh, said. Okay, that, the sorry. original set of brothers did that. This set of brothers are the ones that are in the bloody chapel. And 
so he stabs the priest brother and uh, takes control of the castle. And ever since, there are reports of different ghost activity in the bloody chapel dating back to before the fire um, and everything like that. Like so the fire was seeing, that long ago. That was in the 1920s, wasn't it? It's literally 100 years ago. Well, compared to the rest of the history of the castle, that's relatively recent. I know, but like we, every other show, we're like, can you believe something yeah. happened 100 years ago? Yeah, now it happens in <laughs> Ireland. We're like, ah, it's yesterday. Yeah, it just happened yeah. like a week ago. We don't want to deal with that. Um, but yeah, so the, there's reports of like lights <laughs> in the windows. Stephanie said everyone had a sword because of the herds of murder cows. <laughs> <laughs> I needed a sword at that moment. Um, so yeah, that that's what happened with that one. And they were seeing like these lights in the church wind and the windows of the of the church. And clearly this is before electricity and stuff just like beaming. And to this day they still see those lights coming out of those windows. Hmm. Not candles. Not candles. So just like like bright lights, almost like like you would think it would have to happen with with electricity. Hmm. So, and that's also where the uh, oblied is. Say it. Say it, <sighs> Say it with an Irish accent. Oblied. <laughs> this is why Rob doesn't do accents. <laughs> <laughs> I need that to be my text tone every time you text me. Oblied. <laughs> I was trying to recreate my deathbed. Uh, my deathbed recording. I was just yeah. sitting here like, ah, so many more words to say on this episode. Definitely put an emphasis on the oubliette, though. Oubliette. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it is a really fun word to say. It is. It is a fun word to say, but the oubliette is ridiculous. It, like... The, what they were doing is like we we talk about like how ridiculous these like dungeons and torture methods were, dude. The O'Carrolls just didn't care. They were like, you know what? We're gonna throw you in this hole. We're not gonna do anything to you, but we're also not gonna feed you. We're not gonna do anything. We're just gonna forget about you. Well, they had spikes in the hole. Oh, did at they? At one point, or at least it's believed that they do. Um, yeah. So they would fall, hit the spikes, and if they didn't hit the spikes then they just wouldn't feed you and they just leave you there. Terrifying, right? Like you're almost yeah, like I'd rather have the spikes. Yeah. Yeah, that is uh terrible. So th- that whole situation was just like and then I was looking into it and there this isn't the only castle that did stuff like that with this with the oubliette. So no, the, no um, you see that all the time, the trapdoors. One second. Yes. I had it right in front of me two seconds ago. The other castle. Oh, Captain McSess is a Mortal Kombat reference. Yeah, it definitely has Mortal Kombat vibes to it. Mm, definitely. Thank God we don't play that game till 6 a.m. anymore, Jesse. Oh, uh, yeah. Those we were, were the good, days. We were, we, were, we, we were good. We ruined some eight-year-olds' evenings, that's for sure. We were really good until we played somebody that was really, really good. And then so we would just... Put the controller down. <laughs> yeah, like oh no, this I yeah, didn't have to put the controller down. You never got to move it on that game. Yep. <laughs> That's true. That was our history on no one Mortal combat. No one cares about our Mortal Kombat history. What they do care about is which Irish castles had were notorious for using the oubliette. The other one in Ireland was the Belcare Castle, 
And the person who ruled the Belcare Castle was Grace O'Malley, who was largely considered to be the first female pirate. Hey, we got it. The chat was begging for the pirates. <laughs> and there we go. We did it, boys. Hey. hey. Rock and roll. But if you haven't read about Grace O'Malley, read about her. She's a badass. All right. Well, maybe we'll hit on her on a later episode. Mm, it sounds like we don't plan to. We are married. You can, Rob. Yeah, we're not going to be hitting on any female pirates, Rob. <laughs> it's dangerous stuff. <laughs> Fair. Uh, any other uh, horrifyingly grim and, and torturous stories coming out of this one? Um, so we hit, I mean, there's just like little other ones where you have the peasant. There's a sad one. The saddest, the saddest ghost story I've ever heard happens at this one. It's this tall peasant man. He's dressed like a peasant rolling the barrel up the, up like this hill thing. And he almost gets to the top. And every time he almost gets to the top, he loses control and the barrel rolls back down. And then he's doomed to just do it for the rest of like existence. That I'm is like, the this worst. Is, this is what hell is. This <laughs> yeah. is what hell is. Yeah. This poor peasant. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, we had a story about a girl falling off a wall and I was like way more sad about like this guy that, that had to um, like continuously just relive, not getting this barrel up the slope. He's pushing it up. It's like, ah, oh, that sounds like the worst, <laughs> the absolute worst. <laughs> Bronad says, at least Rob is hitting on female pirates rather than bathing with Ben Franklin. <laughs> hey, we all have our dreams. All right. We all have our dreams. It's called range, Bronad. So, yeah, that's, I think that's pretty much the majority of the ghost. I mean, and there's so many that we probably don't even know about. We just talked about the amount of people that were thrown in the Uviet and probably died there. <laughs> Right, like so, how many ghosts of those people are in the castle? So it's it's a real haunted ass place, and you can go there. You have to um, email the owner, and but you can set up a tour, and he plays music for you while you're there because he's a musician. It seems like a grand old time. To be now honest. that sound that on on the face of it sounds awful, but I've actually seen the videos of this guy. He's not just like some bro at a campfire with an acoustic guitar that you're like, please stop playing music for me. No, this is. <laughs> Like really good, uh, really cool music. And I, I watched a few videos where he was doing that. It just yeah. sounds obnoxious. Like, will you please get out of, get away from me with that trumpet? No, it's not a trumpet. It's good music. Um, Chad is on fire tonight. Uh, Ian asked if there's any drone footage of the barrel guy. <laughs> and Andrew <laughs> describes hell as having to type your email and password with an Xbox controller for infinity. <laughs> if anyone's ever done that before, you know how long that takes. Yeah, it's not fun. Um, so yeah, that covers pretty much. Do you guys have anything else on this specific castle you want to talk about? I have another little fun story afterwards to hit. Yeah, on. no, hit me with the fun story. I mean, honestly, feed me all the haunted castles because they yeah. have such a dark history, every single one of them, and I love it. So this is Bramshill House, and it is in northeast Hampshire, England. And there's not enough. All right, guys, relax. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's drones crash into bridges by quote unquote ghosts. <laughs> I swear that was the one time and Dave can attest to it that I was driving this thing perfectly and it literally would not go forward. And I was doing it the way you were supposed to do it. It really looked like it was hitting an invisible barrier right at the entrance of the bridge. It was really weird. Yeah, yeah. That, that invisible barrier is called talent. <laughs> 
Thanks, Jesse, for continuing <laughs> this this thing. All right, that's all the time we have. We're not going to talk about Bram Shellhouse because now I'm pissed. <laughs> Rob, uh, pissed is your default disposition. It is really. It is. You've dug this grave. Um, now we. So, <laughs> All right, am I going to tell this fucking story or am I not going to tell this fucking story? Muting the microphone, go on. Jesus Christ. So um, now I'm lost where I am. There we go. I have found it. So the Bramshell House is in Hampshire. It is known to a very festive spirit. In the early 17th century, a young girl reportedly named Anne Cope was due to be married at the house on Christmas Day. After her and her new husband took their vows and celebrated their new nuptials, it was time for Anne, as a new bride, to be escorted to the marital bed. However, before heading to the bedchamber, the young bride suggested that her and her guests play a short game of hide-and-seek. Anne asked for five minute, a five-minute head start before her guests began the search, and away she went. After the head start, the wedding guests began their hunt. They searched the house from top to bottom and found no sign of the young bride. At first, the guests assumed it to be a trick as Anne was in high spirits. However, as time passed, concern began to grow for the young girl. Her new husband was distraught when Anne wasn't found and rumors circulated that she had fled rather than spend her life with Lord Hugh Bethel. Through his grief, he spent decades searching for his lost bride. Fifty years after Anne's disappearance, the aging lord was in the attic of his mansion, still searching for clues. As he was knocking on some oak paneling, a hidden and previously unknown secret door suddenly opened. Inside was an elaborately wooden, uh, an elaborately carved wooden chest. Inside the chest, the skeletal remains of his long-dead bride still in her wedding dress holding her bouquet. Inside the lid of the chest were crisscrossing scratches a sign of the bride's futile attempts to escape. There's a quote from Samuel Rogers that says, Oh, sad was her fate in sport of jest. She hid from her Lord in an old oak chest. It closed with the spring and her bridal bloom lay, lither- lay withering there in that living tomb. And since then, there have been accounts of a ghostly white lady repeatedly passing through the Fleur de Lis room, reportedly, Michael I of Romania asked to be moved to another room during a stay in order to not be disturbed by the young woman in white who passed through his bedroom every night. The bride supposedly announces her spectral arrival with her favorite scent, Lily of the Valley. So they even put a airy wooden chest on display if you go visit the place to this day. And she is known as the uh, mistletoe bride. That is creepy. So is um, Rob reading poetry uh, a bingo thing? Because that that happens from time to time. It does happen occasionally. So you could probably throw that on your bingo cards. Oh, Cersei on the bingo cards. There she is. Um, When I get old, which Mm -hmm. will be long after both of you, obviously. A few days. I am 21 years old. Um, If you guys don't refer to me as an aging lord, then I don't want to talk to you anymore. Because... (laughs) I just want to be called that. It's very good. All right. That's fair. Yes. Um, I just, I found that story and um, that's from burials of beyond.com. That <laughs> I read that hide and seek champion. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> she is. Well played, sir. Well played. Yes. 
so I didn't know if we could ever actually put that in an episodes at some point, but I thought with it being December that it was a good time to tell that story. That is a good yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. That is uh that was the twist that I was not expecting. But yes. when you deal with castles, you deal with awesome hidden rooms and um how did she end up in there? It's, it's, I believe that someone put her in there, obviously. No, she. I think she just found this room. She thought she could go hide and not be found. And she was going to be able to appear at some time later and no one ever found her. And she didn't realize that the chest was going to lock her in there and no one even knew of this room. And she was just stuck there until it randomly was found. Ugh. Lord Papa Squatch says that he had... He bought one square foot of land in Scotland. He is a lord. I believe that Catherine bought that for Andrew at some point. Or yes. maybe Seth bought it for Andrew. I don't know, but I believe uh, Captain McSlugs is also a lord. So He was, I think, until one of his dogs ate the certificate, which I think is that all it takes? rescinds his lordship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No longer a lord. Lordent. Lord Gotham has shown up in the background. Oh, shit. Someone just hit bingo. They were waiting for you to mention it. <laughs> were they i didn't yeah. see that yeah maybe, maybe. Uh, do we want to do some reviews yeah yeah do it in an irish accent i can't i've already used all my irish accent this episode just award them uh <laughs> a certain amount of oubliettes depending on how many stars they give us right, i'll give so them a this... shot in an irish accent do cosa nostra how many reviews do we have i don't we want to steal three. thunder we have no, three i'll hit one that's all a right. lot of irish accent dave um so the first one is still the best paranormal podca- podcast podcast because it's Ireland. You know, that's where I was going with that. Yes, we're uh, still stuck in Wyoming. That's the other thing too. So I was practicing, obviously I was practicing my Irish accent on the way home and it just kept sounding like Jeffrey Dahmer. And I was like, I, I just, yeah. Podcast. <laughs> podcast. Relax. Um, we're just going to record a podcast. All right. Let me read this review. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> This one's from No One Can Be Trusted, which is Mike B., one of our Patreon members. Generally a great podcast. Each week they cover a different location slash cursed object and discuss the history and legend surrounding it. They approach each topic with the perfect amount of skepticism and have no issue pointing out if something doesn't make sense. It's definitely worth it to watch the weekly live stream on Tuesday nights. Between Jesse's boyish good looks, the sultry tones of Rob's voice, the captain's mustache that would make Tom Atkins jealous, and... (laughs) Dave, dot, 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 dot. <laughs> it's always a great time. Come for the puck wedgies and stay for the pirate hats. It's a great review. Thank you, Mike. That's an awesome review. That is a very good review. We'll put um, the pirate hats just once for that one. Boom, quick one. Bah, they're off. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, are you? Uh, do you want to do that Costa Nostra one now? Sure. I've been listening to the podcast. Wait, you've already messed it up. The only reason we asked you to do this is because you agreed to do it in an Irish accent. First, Irish oh, right. accent. Second, this person has the greatest username that has ever given us a review. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. This is uh, by Spaghetti Gobbler. <laughs> <laughs> Which I should uh, read this in an Italian accent, I guess. Yeah, I know, right? But, no, hit us with I'll, the Irish. I'll see what I can do with an Irish accent. <clears throat> Wait, oh, I've been listening to this podcast for a while now. Back in April, I was bored at work looking for something about the paranormal to keep me from falling apart fallen asleep at my desk and found these guys bringing something fun, new and exciting. They're also hilarious. And I can remember to this day, having to walk out of the office to burst out laughing at the Pittsburgh episode, the passion of the Christ. Love you guys. 
so good. Thought that was actually really good. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> I guarantee. I'm gonna wait to the end. I know of the podcast to break that out. Sorry. When chat was roasting me for not putting in the effort, I'm just self conscious. <laughs> I, I guarantee. And I sound like a Jamaican that. when I try to do it, I, or Jeffrey Dahmer, a Jamaican Jeffrey Dahmer. If you keep interrupting me this week on everything we do, I'm going to murder you. I'm afraid to interrupt you now, so I'm just pointing at you now. I don't know what else to do. Santa Claus. <laughs> um, no one knows what that means, but yeah. For, they will. They will in a couple of weeks. Uh, they will. Maybe a couple of weeks when you finish editing the episode, because there's so much you need to take out of that. Yeah. So you guys have I don't know if you saw the, uh, private, the private chat I sent to Jesse Rob, but when you were trying to get through that um, story you were reading, I requested that he just I saw. <laughs> interrupt you. I saw. I would have walked off. <laughs> Uh, we have one more review. It's from Parzival. It's called Best Podcast, and it's been listening for nearly a year now. Thank you for listening for so long. Um, that's almost the whole time we've been around and have become a big fan. Listen to you guys every week. Always looking forward to the next story. Keep up the great work, guys. Uh, thank you for that review. And if you're out there and you haven't left us a review, we would love for you to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Write something. We will read it on the show because we are suckers and if you do something we will we will read it just like Ron Burgundy on a teleprompter you can send us an email if you listen on Spotify give us a review we'll read it out on here as well just throw us five stars and uh yeah that's uh yeah what we do it, it is extremely important and it really helps to grow the show and reach a new audience and uh for some strange reason the only thing that really matters on Apple podcasts is that you leave a review and uh and Help us out with that. Downloads matter as well. So if you haven't turned on downloads, do that. Download them, listen to them, delete them. Just, but as long as you get that, we get those download numbers. That's 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 what helps. We're gonna so. set up a PO box, and basically, we're gonna allow you all to email uh, to actually physically send us your phone, and we will go into your phone and we will write <laughs> our own reviews. This must be how the other podcasts are. <laughs> and then we will send your phones back to you. So. <laughs> That's what we're that's what we're gonna do. Um, yes, Papa Squash says I regret that I can only leave one review, or he says I can leave but one review. Very much more fancy than the than the way I read that. Yes, unfortunately, you can only leave one, but we do appreciate it. Either we way, like it. so then thank you so much. Uh, let's thank our patrons real quick. We have Jeannie R. Uh, these are our VIPs in the VIP tier. We have Jeannie R. Justin T. Lisa J. Mike B. Mom and Pops W. Stephen V. Uh, Demon King. Thank you guys for being VIPs. We also have Anna Campbell. <clears throat> We have even better hometown ghost stories, who is our newest one. So thank you, Kelly. Thank you for joining us. We do appreciate it. And we I love your name. I love your name. And what's even better is your picture. And uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I love to pull a comment up on the screen right now, but I don't see one. But uh, that is an amazing picture. Anyways, uh, we also have Jake V, Rachel B, Stephanie A, Sydney B, Anthony, Angry Dave Rocks T, Brandon W, Kathy McSlugs, Cody G, Kiralee J, Mark M, Matthew T. There's there is the picture that we were looking for. <laughs> Those of you listening in chat, it is a terrifying photo of a ghost, uh, clearly captured by a very elite paranormal team. I don't remember where I left off, so I'm going to go back to Kiralee. Kiralee J, Mark M, Matthew T, Mariah M, Papa Squatch, Sarah, Dave loves bacon. R, Sarah W, Solar Flare, Soph, and Hooper. Thank you guys so much for just as little as three dollars a month. You too can get your name on this list, and we'll read it every week. And if you're a part of the $10 tier, next week we have another pre-show hangout where we just all jump in and we just kind of have like conversations and sometimes it's about ghosts, sometimes it's about whatever. 
Yep. And also, Sydney B is not feeling good, so I hope she feels better by next week so she can be part of that. Um, I know she was still watching, though, so feel better. Mm-hmm. And that's going to pretty much do it for me, unless Dave wants to tell us what we're getting into next week. Yeah, I'm 99% sure that we are going to hit, we're going to finally hit Seattle, Washington. Seattle. They have earned it. Mm, one of the most top Seattle. left cities geographically in the United States. <laughs> I thought it was like the top city that we had left. I'm like, I, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> but it's actually it's like, the, the city that was like right up, the most up here. Is, is actually Seattle. According to, according to the Apple podcast uh, stats, most of our listeners are actually in Seattle or it's the yep. most listened, whatever. Anyways, yep. so uh, that'll pretty much do it. Anything else, gentlemen? That's it for me. We'll be back on Friday. What are we dropping on Friday? Uh, Friday will be the Cursed Possession. Uh, yeah, Cursed Possessions episode on the Curse of King Tut. And patrons will also have a couple movie reviews or at least one new one by then. Sounds good. All right. Well, for uh, Rob, Dave, and myself, we'll see you guys next week. Peace.